1: Politics by Faith, I'm Mike Slider, thanks for being here. You may have noticed there are different sounding episodes here lately. So here's the deal, for the next four weeks until the election on November 8th, we are doing a daily TV show on the first TV about the midterm elections. And the final segment of that TV show is going to be a Politics by Faith-like finale. Little different format than the podcast here, much shorter, a little different format, but like the same idea, (laughs) same idea of bringing in history and the Bible to bring peace. It's probably going to be a little more political because it's a political TV show. This is not a outright political podcast. So it's a little different, but same idea. I hope you enjoy them either way. If you're new to the podcast, the goal here is to take the story of the day that causes anxiety and then to bring in historical perspective and biblical peace to eliminate the anxiety and I always feel bad asking but if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review just even if the five and like little calling like, oh great podcast that's it just a little if we get to it if we get a thousand five-star reviews then uh, uh we hit the big time here so uh that would be fantastic I'm grateful let's do it the story of the day it's uh it's not a big deal just you know nuclear annihilation <clears throat> it, it's a little it's a little, it's just uh, we're all gonna die in a mushroom cloud soon. So, you know, talking about Russia and the invasion of Ukraine and how lately it seems like, who really knows, but it seems like Russia is not winning this war in Ukraine like they thought they would, to say the least. And this changes the dynamic here. And the president of the United States of America, the commander in chief, was at a fundraiser. He said, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban missile crisis. He said Putin's not joking when he talks about potential use of tactical nuclear weapons. And then Biden said, I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use a tactical nuclear weapon and not end up with Armageddon. He used the word Armageddon twice. Super. When you have the President of the United States talking about not just nuclear weapons being used, but End times. (laughs) What is going on here? All right, let's give a quick explainer with Russia and Ukraine. There's an organization called NATO. You've heard of it before. It's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. There's 28 European countries, Canada and America. And there is a pact in this alliance that if one country is attacked, then all the other countries have to come to their defense. Now, in 19... 49, it was NATO was France, Italy, Portugal, and England. Like that was just it was Western Europe. But as the years have gone on, more and more Eastern European countries have joined NATO, which means that NATO countries have gotten closer and closer to Russia. And Russia doesn't like that. From their perspective, oh you're just a Russian stooge. (laughs) From their perspective, imagine if they were forming military alliances with Latin American countries and then went on a full alliance with Mexico, right? We'd we'd be like, wait a second. That's how they see it. There are four countries that border Russia in Eastern Europe. One of them is Ukraine. For decades, decades, many people, uh, Republicans, Democrats, doesn't matter. Many people have warned against NATO expansion into these border countries. Just people saying, hey, this probably isn't a great idea. This is probably going to upset Russia. We don't want to do that. And we just kept doing it. And now Russia's not happy. And they claim that's why they're taking over Ukraine, to give them a, a buffer. A buffer. They want to keep NATO back away from their border. So back in February, February 14th of this year, Russia invaded Ukraine and People in America, I think, thought this war would last a news cycle, maybe a week, and it'd be over. Uh, alas, it's still a war, and there's no end in sight. Now originally, the Western world was very worried about what would happen if Putin won the war in Ukraine. Right? What territory would he invade next? But now Western leaders are worried what Putin will do if he loses the war.? Right? Like like a last resort to using nuclear weapons? What will this final action be to take out the world on his way out? And it leaves us with a very interesting question. If he launches a small nuclear weapon into Ukraine or a NATO country, do we have to respond? And do we respond with nuclear weapons? And does that mean it's that Armageddon that the president was talking about? Now, it doesn't have to be this way. We could come up with a way for Putin to stop fighting in Ukraine, but still save face, right? Still somehow declare victory. And then Ukraine stays Ukraine, but they don't join NATO. And then we can have some peace. But our leaders don't seem interested in that right now. So instead, we have rhetoric like nuclear Armageddon. And this talk like this will always get people's attention, blood pressure up, because we are very scared of dying. And that's the root of the fear. Look what COVID revealed. Reflect on the lengths that people went to not get sick. They would go so far to not get sick, they stopped living. They stopped living to try and prevent dying. I mean, you remember, you remember people wearing gas masks? Is Howard Stern just left his house for the first time, like last week. This madness was the calculus of people who have never contemplated their own mortality and have never thought about where they're going after they die. So they were going to do everything they could to not die. People are very afraid of dying. So let's lament here for a minute. And then we'll give some perspective and peace, feel better about nuclear Armageddon. I, I can't even fully lament war because I don't know what it's like. I mean, and, But the idea that crazed, psychopathic, or maybe even senile world leaders can launch nuclear weapons, like that, that's not good. You're just living the best life you can, trying to make good decisions in some nut in Russia or Washington, makes terrible decisions and gets people killed. What is this? And then the last point I made, I hate that we live in a country that hasn't contemplated death and eternity and what comes after life. Like We just suppress those questions and we live a life of ignorance, walking around as if you'll live forever, walking around as if this is all there is. Christians should not be afraid of dying. Death is the beginning, but most of our country thinks it's the end and I hate that. listen, I got a wife and three kids. I got one more on the way in just a couple of weeks. I don't want to die. But we also live in a culture where we don't even want to suffer. All right. So what's the historical perspective here? Life has always been about conquest. And people have always lived their life with the fear of being Conquered. And raped and pillaged. It was just Columbus Day. The other day, happy. Indigenous People's Day. And the Aztecs, just so you know, sacrificed 80,000 people in four days. Where did they find these 80,000 souls to sacrifice to their gods? They found them from neighboring tribes who were conquered. The word Viking, who we most associate with rape and pillage, literally means pirate. The Word just means pirate. And they're known for raping and pillaging for good reason. They were brutal. The Vikings would castrate their male prisoners of war. Sodomy was seen as a way to dominate and humiliate the person you've, uh, you've taken captive. So the Vikings would rape the man and his wife as a form of domination over his new property. There was plenty of human sacrifice and mutilating of tortured corpses. And then they'd put them on display for the pagan gods. There was one form of execution that the Vikings were famous for. It's called the blood eagle. And they would lie a person on the ground face down alive and make these slits in their back and and rip their uh, ribs open and then pull their lungs out from their back and spread them back up over their shoulders to make them look like a bird. It's like, <laughs> the rape of Nanjing. Are you kidding me? Good night. This is 1937, six weeks. The Japanese army invaded Japan and Chinese people were killed for sport. Women and girls were raped in mass. We have no idea. The, the estimates are somewhere between 40,000 and 300,000 people were killed. And they think rapes were between 20 to 80,000 cases. What? <laughs> The early years of America were brutal, pure savagery from everyone. I mean, I get, we could spend all day. There was a native tribe that ambushed four Dutch traders, roasted them up over a fire and ate them. Slater, so these are terrible stories. Why are you doing this? I don't want to hear anymore. The Pequot War it was 1636. You had natives and colonists. It was the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Uh, they fought each other. And the governor, William Bradford, he, he visited the battlefield after. He said, those that escaped the fire were slain with the sword some were cut to pieces it was a very fearful sight to see them thus frying in the fire horrible was the stink and scent thereof brutal is the point life was brutal people died in horrific ways and then just constant fear of when the next attack was coming Maybe your life ending in the bright flash of a nuclear bomb is merciful. How about that for a perspective change? People who have died in the most horrific ways ever, all around the world, for all time, would have pleaded for a nuclear weapon to just end it already.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy.
1: I get, it, I get it. I get it. Perspective. Okay. All right. Things were bad. All right. Where's the peace? Right, I like leaning into the brutality of human history. It makes me feel better <laughs> about the moment. So, right, Let's get some peace. All right. I came across this city, Lish. L a i s h. Lish. This is back in the Book of Judges. So, this is eighth century B.C. or so. And the people of Dan wanted some more land. So five spies went out to find some land, and they came across the city of Laish. So let me read from Judges 18.7. Here it is. So the five men went out to the town of Laish, where they noticed the people living carefree lives. They were peaceful and secure. The people were also wealthy because their land was very fertile. And they lived a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. So the five spies go back to camp and report and said, uh, we found a a beautiful valley, but with unsuspecting people there. Skip ahead to verse 27. So then the the military came by. They came to Laish to a people quiet and unsuspecting and struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. And there was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon and they had no dealings with anyone. And uh, that was the end of the city of Laish. That's it. (laughs) That's it. It gets like, Five sentences. I, l- I love the idea that a city just gets a couple sentences and there's like empires in the Bible that get a passing mention. <laughs> Makes me think about America, where we fit in the timetable of it all. But what on earth can we learn from this Slater? Jeez. I fear that too many people think that we, America, are unbeatable. We've always been number one. We're destined to be number one forever. We're safe. We're secure. We're an ocean away. We're prosperous. No one can take us out. We're undefeated in both world wars. Both one and two. Come on. We got nothing to worry about over here. We're just like Lish. They lived carefree lives. I wonder what they were watching on Netflix. The Hebrew word there, batach, it means... Carelessly, but it also means safety. So the connotation here is uh, it's a false safety. It's a false safety. It was the carelessness to their safety. It wasn't really safe at all. They had everything they wanted. They didn't trade with other people. Right? They weren't. They didn't need to. They had everything. They weren't enterprising. They weren't busy. They had every luxury they wanted. They didn't do business with anyone else. They didn't keep watch over their city. They had no guards. They had no military. No military drills. They lived luxuriously in a fool's paradise, as Charles Spurgeon said. Luxuriously in a fool's paradise. Is that America? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Living luxuriously in a fool's paradise. I know we have a military, but... The latest report from the Navy says that the sailors think we spend too much time on sexual harassment and pronoun training, and not on fighting wars. Are we as a country as enterprising as we once were? Are we as productive as we once were? Are we a vibrant country? I don't know. I fear that we are riding the coattails of those who came before us. But how long can that ride last? How long can we live luxuriously in a fool's paradise? Years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine about adultery. And I said, oh, I could never imagine cheating on my wife. And he said, I could. And I was appalled. I was appalled. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean you could imagine cheating on your wife? What are you talking about? How could you even say such a thing? But then I realized how much more secure he was because he now would take the steps to make sure he never would. Does that make sense? He was aware it could happen. So he was going to take the steps to make sure that it doesn't. So him thinking that he could cheat on his wife puts him in a safer place than someone who perhaps naively thinks, oh, that could never happen. Mm. The country who knows that they could be attacked and trains accordingly is certainly a safer country than the country that thinks they could never be attacked. Who? Us? No. We can't become complacent. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians ten twelve: if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Be careful. Be careful. Peter says the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And also don't do it. Don't do it alone. Right? Like Lysh, right? There was no one to, no one to help him. They were doing life alone. And that's why Hebrew says for us, we need to encourage one another day after day, stimulate one another to love and good deeds, encouraging one another. In short, 1 Peter 5.8 says, be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Love that. The word for sober is nepho. It means to be sober, to be calm and collected in spirit. And be on the alert. Gregorio means to take heed, to be vigilant against laziness. Isn't that so good? So be vigilant against laziness and calm cool and collected in spirit that great be sober and on the alert Hmm. so what do we do uh you can't control putin (laughs) i said they just put a period there you you can't control putin so uh, i'm gonna go ahead and take that burden off of your shoulders you can't control putin or his mental state or his decision whether or not to launch a nuclear weapon So I, again, want to take that burden off of your heart, take that off of your chest. There's nothing you can do about Vladimir Putin. What is in your control is what you can do now to prepare for if he does. And I mean that eternally more. Like, I mean, like, yes, you should go get, like, rice for the garage, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? Like, supplies, sure. I'm, I'm more talking spiritually and eternally. That's what you should do. And I don't know, is that unsatisfying? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a very unsatisfying answer. But the time on earth that you have is short. Eternity, very long. I saw this visual years and years ago. I forget who it was. It may have been Francis Chan, I forget. And he, had a, he was on stage, and there was this long rope, big, thick, long rope, went across the entire stage. And at the end, there was a little bit of red tape. And the red tape was your life. And he's like, well, if you're in the middle of your life, then you're right here on your life. You get this little, you're this little part right now. And then the end of the the, the tape is, the, is when you die. And then you have all of eternity for the rest of your life. That's all the... So I just recommend you figure that eternity thing out and start looking at that more and more. It's not my grand wisdom. It's in the Bible. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth.
0: Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Real quick story. Uh, Richard Baxter, he was a 17th century pastor. He was a physical mess. Everything about him was falling apart always. And he was 35 years old. He was on his deathbed. And he began this practice that he would do for another 40 years and the habit was to spend 30 minutes a day thinking about the glories of heaven and he wrote a book called the saint's everlasting rest which is all his writings about this. and he has this line here which has taken me a long time to figure out and i haven't fully figured it out yet but he says if you want to be light and heat why are you not spending more time in the sunshine I'm translating a little bit here, transposing perhaps, because it's 1600s language. He says, if you're not doing this, if you're not spending more time in the sunshine, then your soul is a lamp not lighted and your duty is sacrifice without a fire. So here's what he says. Fetch one coal daily from this altar and see if your offering will not burn. I love this idea. So go to the word, contemplate heaven one time a day, fetch one cold daily and see if you will not be a different person. Keep close to this reviving fire and see if your affections will not be warm. Love it. Set your mind on things above, not on things in this earth. And you feel it, right? Let we just do a little practice right here. Uh, uh, hey, we're all going to die in nuclear Armageddon any day now, any second now. Okay. You get pretty anxious, <laughs> right? So instead of that thought, think of things above. You'll feel peace just like that. And it's not being ignorant to the reality of the moment. You're just excited to go home one day. So how do we end today? I think the final thing to think about and meditate about is what so few people do. And that is eternity and your eternity. Having the courage to ask these questions. Questions that almost no one asks today. So many people have numbed themselves out from asking these questions that we all used to ask. What's the meaning of life? What's your purpose in life? Where are you going after you die? These are big questions that we used to think about, and we don't. We need to make sure we don't become like the people of Laish, As a country, we wanna make sure we don't become like that. But also as people, we don't wanna be caught unaware. I think I said in the last episode, you can't waterproof the house when the floodwaters are pouring in. You can't learn to throw a punch when you're in the middle of a bar fight. You can't take a shooting class when there's a home invader downstairs. You can't plant seeds to grow food when you're starving to death. It's all too late. You get the idea. Don't be caught unawares. Don't be like Leish. Thank you for listening today. Thanks for being here. Feel free to shoot me an email. I'm really curious what's causing you anxiety in the news, and I would love to address it here. Slater radio at gmail.com, SlaterRadio. Also, any constructive criticism you have, uh, I'll take it. Listen, if you've made it through this entire episode, we're friends. <laughs> That's good, right? I know you have a uh, good heart and best of intentions, right? So feel free to send me any constructive criticism and I will take it in the nicest way that you intend it to be. But any news story you want, uh, let's give it the Politics by Faith treatment. Let me know, slaterradio at gmail.com. And please also leave a five-star review, short little comment. we got to get to 1,000 reviews. So I would really appreciate that as well. This is Politics by Faith with Mike Slater. Have a great night.